Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everyone. This is Reed Diamond. I play Daniel Whitehall, a.k.a. The Kraken, on Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and you are listening to Comic Book Central, where comic books come to life. Hail Hydra. Welcome, one and all, to Comic Book Central, where comic books come to life. I'm your host, Joe Stuber. Things are about to get totally evil all up here in the lair today, as I get set to welcome, from Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Hydra agent Daniel Whitehall, the amazing actor, Reed Diamond. He is my guest today. Spoiler alert, in real life, Reed is as nice as can be, (laughs) completely opposite of his character. He is insanely wicked on S.H.I.E.L.D. We're going to have some fun talking about comic books. We are going to get that comic booky talk going in just a few moments. Lots of fun in store for everybody out there today. It's going to be a good one. Now, before we get to chatting with Reed, though, I want to let you know about a very cool event that's coming up here in my hometown, Columbus, Ohio, next month, and it runs all the way through the fall. Very cool. You got some time to do this. Uh, And as you'll hear in just a few minutes, Reed Diamond, he is a fan of Mad Magazine. I'm a fan of Mad Magazine. And if you are a fan of Mad Magazine and will be in the Ohio area between now and October, there is an exhibit you do not want to miss. It's taking place at the Billy Ireland Cartoon Library and Museum that is affiliated with The Ohio State University. The exhibit is called Artistically Mad, Seven Decades of Satire, and it runs from May 5th through October 21st. But on May 5th, there is an opening reception featuring presentations by legendary mad cartoonist Sergio Aragones, collectors Glenn Bray and Grant Geisman, exhibit curator Brian Walker. You are going to be hearing from Brian on an upcoming episode of Comic Book Central, so stay tuned for that. Uh, Also, Mad Editor Bill Morrison. Bill also co-founded Bongo Comics with Matt Groening, all the Simpsons comics, so that's pretty cool, too. Uh, The press release states that that event on May 5th is free and open to the public. So if you are a fan of Mad Magazine, this is something you are going to want to check out. For more information, you can check out the website first and get everything you need to know there, cartoons.osu.edu. I will also put a link in the show notes for this episode at my website, comicbookcentral.net. Also, the show notes at blogtalkradio.com slash comicbookcentral. You can find it there as well. And of course, stay tuned to Comic Book Central for more madness. I am going to bring you as much of this cool event as I can, so stay tuned. What I am bringing you today, however, my friends, is the man who menaced Agent Carter and the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Check this out, then I will be right back to talk comic books, bad guys, and the Marvel Universe with Reed Diamond. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, Reed attended schools in New York and North Carolina, and he went on to study acting at Juilliard. Early film roles include appearances in Memphis Bell, Clear and Present Danger, and Assassins, but he is best known for his three-year run on the TV hit Homicide, Life on the Street, as Detective Mike Kellerman. Now, Reed went on to make numerous feature film appearances, and he has been all over our TV screens in shows like Judging Amy, 24, Franklin and Bash, and Dollhouse, where he met the show's creator, Joss Whedon. Now, when Whedon and company launched the Marvel espionage show Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., comic book fanboy Reed got his dream job when he was cast as season two bad guy, Hydra agent Daniel Whitehall. Now, in the comic books, Whitehall is a British agent who becomes a Hydra operative, the Kraken. But for the start of season two of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the writers took the character, 
made him German, and dropped him squarely into World War II to battle Agent Carter and the Howling Commandos as Werner Reinhardt. Put it down. Down. These assets are now under the protection of the Strategic Scientific Reserve. They'll be relocated and hidden out of sight indefinitely, as will you. Cut off one head. Two more shall grow on this place. Then I guess we'll keep cutting them off. Through some super cool comic booky plot twists, Reinhardt uncovered the secret to de-aging, and he returned to take on the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the 21st century as Daniel Whitehall. I want us to work together. I want you to become a valued member of our organization. Surrender, and you will find meaning. Surrender, and you will find release. Deep breath. Calm your mind. You know what's best. What's best is you comply. Compliance will be rewarded. Are you ready to comply, Agent 33? My guest today, he is an incredibly talented actor. He has played the good guys. He's played the bad guys. You've seen him in Homicide, Dollhouse, Designated Survivor, and he has spanned the decades, yes he has, in the Marvel Universe from the time of Captain America's origin to taking on the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Time to welcome in Reed Diamond. Reed, thank you so much for joining me today on Comic Book Central. Wow, no, thank you. I, that guy sounds really interesting. I'd like to meet him. Wow, that was, thank you, Joe. Look, I, like, I, as I mentioned to Rick Cosnett last week, you did the work. <laughs> I just I just say what you did. I mean, it's it's easy. You you did all you did everything. Or look, or should I say, Hill Hydra, Herr Hill Reinhardt. Hydra. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, it's really funny. You know, that German accent. Um, uh, we should just dive right into this. Go for um, it. Because obviously we're here because of Agents of Shield and right. Daniel Whitehall. Because this is Comic Book Central. Um, <laughs> you know, the German accent was really funny because. Um, obviously I know the Whedon family and, uh, I'd first met Joss and Jed and Marissa when I did dollhouse when uh, they invited me to do dollhouse. And so before I was going to do the second season of agents of shield, I, my agent called me over the summer and he goes, look, uh, Marissa and Jed, they've called, they're, they're asking about your availability. They've got a, they've got a character for you that they want you to play on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but they can't tell you about it. We have to get approved by ABC, blah, 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 blah. So I text and I email with Marissa and Jed. I'm like, oh, I'm so excited. I really want to be on this show. Um, I, I was desperate to be on that show. And they go, yeah, yeah, it's, it, we're trying to make it happen. We just can't let, tell let you me, anything Let about me interrupt one second, because like, you're, you're going to yeah. get to a question I want to get to, but you said, oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Did, like, so you got, like, you knew how big the Marvel Universe was, right? Like, you got, like, you wanted to be in on this. Oh my God! Yeah, of course. Because okay. I mean, because right. I they were going off to do that. They were going off to do start that show while we were uh, shooting Much Ado about nothing that Joss right. was directing. All right. Oh, and okay, I, okay. Oh, oh, and I was so jealous, and I just <laughs> you know, but I always play it very, very cool because I I know in with Joss if it, if it's something that he thinks you're right for, he's just going to cast you. You don't have to. No, you, there's no pushing or prodding. Audition. Necessary. You don't have to go in and read no. the sides and yeah, yeah. No, you you well, you just you just you're not going to go. Hey, is there a part for me? You're gonna, you're, you, you know, you're not going to you're not going to get down and beg and do some pathetic actor thing okay. because you know that he's. You realize, you know, he's he's the giant brain. He's but you a got the enormity of it. That's kind of what I want to get. That's oh no, that's well, good I'm for us nerds because okay, because we want to know like, did you even get what this was or okay? So you got the well, enormity of it. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Um, I'm a huge it's funny I'm I'm literally in the middle right now of the process of selling off my comic book collection. <laughs> Don't do I, it. No, no, it's okay, so okay. All right, Joe, you and I could talk about this because I think you'll completely understand. So for 40 years, yeah, I mean, 40 years I've been carrying around my comic book collection. Uh -huh. And I amassed um, you know, a nice collection in the 70s when when these when these books came out. And I have I have moved them from house to house and I, I saved them. I don't know what the because I was never going to read them because once they went in, once they got bagged and boarded, they weren't ever going to be opened again. Right. You'll, no, and, no, no, no. You right? will. So no, the, no, you all, will. I okay. look, I've gone through this. I've gone through this. <laughs> I've moved a few times and I go, I'm never going to. read. Yeah, I'm, I read them. 
Well, no, so you're good. So I, I, right. I held on to them and, and because I've basically got – it's funny. I mean, half of them um, – and this goes back to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because I was a huge collector of Nick Fury and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and I – starting from Strange Tales, right? So I – that was – he was my guy because – it, it, and I also was a huge collector of Sergeant Fury, but what would also happen, um, you know, his first iteration. Um, but what's so interesting is, especially with the Marvel stuff, is they would do reissues later on. So I would have the original copies, the original editions of the books from the 60s, and then whatever, you, you, they would reprint them in a, and I could read those. But um, so I'm in the process of selling it all off right now, which has been fascinating to go through my, my collection and see what's going on. But that's slightly I painful it. for me. That that's look, well, I, I did this. I did sell my comic book collection off at one time when I was 16 years old. Right. Oh no, no, no. Right, because no. girl because girls aren't gonna no. want to go out with oh. some guy that's got comic books, right? And I sold all my Star Wars toys, all my action <laughs> figures, my Millennium Falcon. I sold everything. Everything. Well, you have to wait. I, well, you have to wait. I know. Well, here's I mean, the I, thing. Here's the, the punchline: yeah. is I uh, I got married, and then my first anniversary present, my wife got me the Kenner uh, Millennium Falcon because <laughs> she knew that was the thing that I missed. I'm like, yep, that was it. That was we did. So I, it's just a little painful for me to know that you are in the process of selling. So I'm sorry. Well, you know, in fact, I don't even call it selling. I call it rehoming because <laughs> because. Because here's the deal, Joe. It's they've they've been in they've been pristine. Literally, the bags were in worse condition than some of the books because they've been in the same bags for 40 years. And my mother smoked, and I can see the little yellowing on the bags. So I got all new bags and boards, and for every you know for the okay. Bronze Age, the Silver Age, and the Golden Age because I've got all those comics. But I'm rehoming them because I know they've sat in their dark little filing cabinet as they've moved from home to home with me. And I want someone to have them because I have all, all the right. books I have. I have the compendiums that the have paper bags. The, yeah, exactly. All so right. I can read them that okay. way. But now someone who really cares about them, but it's been interesting to see. I was amazed to really go through it again in detail and see what I had, because I had some really great books that I just bought as an eight year old or a seven year old. From the newsstand. Favorite not book. No favorite book that you, you that you hit and you went. Nope, keeping that. Keeping it. Keeping um, that. You know, it's funny. Oh, geez, I'm so sorry. Um, I will. I'm gonna have to turn. How do I? I don't know how to. Anyway, that's my agent trying to call me. But it. Oh, we'll just, we'll <laughs> no, just that's good. That's good. That's you're we'll getting, just getting, you're getting another happen. job. <laughs> no, no, yes. no. That's it's totally cool. You're gonna be. We can see you in something else very cool very soon. Oh yeah, lots going on right now. Daddy's going to work, but um. <laughs> It's funny because I, I, I sold I sold my favorite I sold my favorite book and I remember it was my favorite book when I first got it and I did finally sell it but I'm glad I did it was the first appearance of the Punisher in in Amazing Spider-Man and and I remember when I first saw it because the cover so attracted me as a kid you know it's yellow and there's Ross the Andrew. and you're seeing exactly and you're seeing him through the crosshairs and it was just I was so drawn to it. And, uh, but it, it, you know, it, 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 it paid for a dinner or a vacation. It was very nice. And, uh, but I don't know, I, I probably, I probably won't let go. It's weird. I may not let go of my Sergeant Fury and the Howling Commandos. Um, all of those, I, I, but it's, it's hard to say. I mean, I still, I, I have so many comics that I, ha I'm just going sort of piece by piece through my, I know this is so like inside baseball right now. I'm just going That's through where we're at. piece by piece. And, it's amazing what interested me and what I collected. And then I'm more fascinated. I'm fascinated now, too, to come back into the world. Oh, gee, I am so totally I'm not cool. taking this phone call. Good. Just look, just take it. I'll edit this part out. Oh, my. No, no. You leave it in. This Seriously? is an actor's life. Um, <laughs> I'll leave the first part um, in. Not this. Yeah. No, seriously, take it because it might be a really no, cool gig that no, we can break some news here. It's going to. Well, I can't. I, I'm sure I still won't be able to tell you. That's this. This brings me back to my. The, the whole world that we live in right yeah, now yeah, yeah. is that you everything dollhouse was my first full on um uh what i know we're going all over the place but we're gonna, we're gonna this is gonna be great Joe. we're gonna we're gonna have a great time because I, <laughs> I love talking to you um it was my first watermark script and and that and i understood on dollhouse you don't want that getting out onto the internet right. but now everything you do is top secret and you can't tell anyone right. until it's actually aired done yeah done uh, aired and we see it but it's funny you know i i I did. I had a I had a moment, an emotional moment. One book I, I let go, and it was the first, because most of my collection were things that I personally purchased on the day they came out, right? Right. But, um, and how old are you, Joe? I'm you fifty. Now I'm fifty. Okay. 
Okay, so you and I are the same age. Yep. So when I was, when we, you and I were eight and nine, that was sort of the first blush of collecting comics as a thing mm-hmm. really came came about. And I grew up in New York City, and at the time when I first started collecting. There were only two comic book shops. There was one on the Upper East Side. There was one in the village. And then as I really got into it, one opened up on the Upper West Side where I lived. So there were three comic book shops. And they were these um, sort of off-putting um, ivory towers that you would go into and you couldn't touch anything. You couldn't look at anything. It used to be like what music stores used to be like before Guitar Center opened up. And, and I... I had certain things that I was fixated on, and the first comic that I paid a lot of money for because I felt I felt strongly about it. I was a huge Mad Magazine collector, and I loved Mad Magazine. And I bought one. Of, I bought, you know, I bought issue number sixteen. And I remember at nine or ten years old, I saved up a lot of money, and I think probably it cost me fifty dollars back in. 1978. Oh, as a 10-year-old, where did you get 50 bucks, man? Well, I well, I was very <laughs> I grew up in New York City. I lived a block from Broadway, and every weekend I what my parents asked me, "What what do you want for Christmas?" and I said, "I'd like a shoe shine kit, please." <laughs> and and they were like, "Okay." And it was the 70s, and they would just let me. I would never let my daughter go up to the street at 8 years old and shine shoes all Saturday, but I um I shine shoes. Oh, wow. On on Broadway, on 93rd and Street and Broadway. Um, for many years and, or I would, I would sell things for people on the street. I would play music on the street. I I think at one point I sold caricatures. I would draw caricatures of people on the street as a kid. They were horrible. Um, I'm sure all all of my, my, uh, patrons were just, um, humoring me or found it adorable that on some level performing. (laughs) Perform, always performing. Oh no, I did. I, you know, and and it's so funny because you live in this very, now we live in a world where you have access to everything. You can see what things are. You know how to do things. You could, I could have made a movie, right? I could have made a YouTube channel right. in 19, now, if yeah. I was a, now, but then you didn't know. So I, I remember uh, I'd seen a one man band guy where he, one of his feet hits the bass drum and yeah. he has a tambourine and, and, and a kazoo. And I put clown makeup on myself and got a big oversized coat and I made myself a one man band. And mom day. and dad were okay with this. He was just hanging out. Well, you know, it was the seventies and they were part of the me generation. So they were just glad that I wasn't in their house. And, <laughs> and, and, and I grew up in New York city in, in the Nadir, in the bankrupt, in those dark, amazing eras of the of Scorsese movies, but I survived miraculously. Apparently but enough made... to just to drop 50 bucks on a mad magazine. Exactly. Well, I, I think I know where I got that money from. I remember one of our neighbors on my floor, he saw my, he saw my entrepreneurial spirit and he goes, I have a lot of things I want to sell. And if you sell them for me, I'll give you half. And I said, absolutely. Yeah. And I remember I made spreadsheets and, and I, I itemized everything. <laughs> and I said what they would be worth. And I sold them. And uh, I remember I sold, I felt terrible about this, but I did rectify it. I sold my doorman a camera. And uh, I remember I sold him a camera for $20 and my doorman came back. He says, it doesn't work. I said, no returns. Um, but the, <laughs> I felt really guilty. I felt really. But at the t- and he was he, he never forgave me for a while. And then I remember when I first got my first acting gig, I had some money and I just felt guilty. And I just said, hey, I paid him back the money plus interest. I'm, I said, I'm so sorry. I was I was kind of a, a I was kind of a, a jerky Donald Trump at, at eight years old, nine years old. And uh, here's your money back plus interest. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I just finally sold this uh, coming back to, I finally sold the first comic book that I collected and bought and actually paid big money for. And I, uh, 50 is what I remember, but obviously memory is a very, um, tricky, uh, uh, sense, but, um, but that one did, it hit me. I I remember I had a flash this morning. I just shipped it off yesterday and I, is this the Jack Davis cover of a newspaper? Oh, look at you. Look at you with your handy interweb. Yes, it is. And and I and, and it's and uh and I I had a moment. I remember seeing where it hung in the shop and I remember that shop. It was on the Upper East Side and it was it and they were they really treated you terribly, especially if you were a child. And it really it's it's like the character from the Simpsons, right? right. And um and uh, I mean, they've become much more egalitarian. Everything's become much more egalitarian now. I, I've, I've gone back to comic book shops for the first time in 40 years to 
get bags and boards and things like that. And everyone's delightful and lovely and they're warm, friendly places. And it, it's, it's inspiring me to get back into books because it, it's, it's an, it was a very off-putting environment, but that might've just been the world in the seventies and eighties. My, my memory of stores in New York was always like, why are you in here? Um, and, yeah, I'm uh, sure it was a different vibe back then. And then once the yeah. collectible aspect came in, I mean, there's still comic book guys. I mean, there's a reason that Simpson yeah. character exists. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think that they're, they're more open to, Oh, like everybody loves comic books now so they can yes. bring them in. But back in the day, it was a very niche, very niche. But so to bring this back to the beginning question, did I understand the mag- the, the the magnitude of this? Yes, I, I think was. Am- you yeah, I think you got yes. it. You got your I'm cred. A- you are, you've earned your cred on this show. Well, the other thing is, <laughs> not only I'm a Marvel guy, but I was a bad guy. My all my favorite Marvel characters, besides Nick Fury, because I was sort of into World War II, because it was uh, were all bad guys. Yeah, you know, Red Skull and and Doctor Doom, and it's interesting because. Um, my, my early, my father worked at a local television station in New York city. So if there was some sort of, um, publicity event, he might often get an invitation and I got an invite, he got an invitation and he brought me to the release party of bring on the bad guys. Are you familiar with that book? This is the Stanley. Yeah. This so what happened? Right. So, and this was so an event with Stan. Stan was at the event, right? I met Stanley and I met oh. you know, I I met everybody. Yeah. And, this uh, was like John- the hardback book devoted to all to all like the villains of the Marvel universe. Yes, because they came out with Origins and then right. Son of Origins. Right. And then the third book that they released was Bring on the Bad Guys. And it had it had uh, Magneto and and Red Skull and Doctor Doom and etc. And um I got to go to this event and it was the most amazing thing because it was in some penthouse and some Mad Men office building in New York City and they brought hot dog carts in there and I met Scott Baio because he'd just done Bugsy Malone and he was only a couple of years older than me. I had a broken arm and he signed my cast, which was really exciting. I was like, you're Bugsy Malone, sign my cast. And I had John Ramit, John Ram- all the artists were there all, and they were doing, you could request any character. Um, and I, I, as a, sh- I was such a schmuck too. Cause I went to John, John, I went to John Romita and this wasn't his character, but my favorite character at that moment, at that very day, because I'm a child was daredevil. And I said, will you draw me daredevil? And it wasn't his guy, but he right. drew me a beautiful daredevil and I have it. Um, but, but, but for him probably pretty cool because he didn't get to do that often. I mean, I, yeah, I he's probably like, yeah, cool. I'll do a daredevil. Yeah, he, he was so sweet. They were yeah. all so sweet, but, yeah. but talking about the magnitude of understanding this, uh, being on the show. Yeah. I, I, the Marvel verse was my verse and it still is. I mean, I just, I think there's something more human about it. I mean, I still, I collected a bunch of DC stuff, but there's something about Marvel and, um, and the bad guys always appealed to me. They were always my favorite characters in the, in the books. So, so my agent calls and he says, um, and this is cause you asked about the German, you did a German accent and he goes, um, it's going to happen. And I talked to Marissa and Jed, they go, it's going to happen. We can't tell you about it, but we have to get approved by ABC, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Three weeks go by. I get a call. It's going to happen. It's happening. Marissa calls me. Jed calls me. Congratulations. You're doing the show. We're so excited to have you. You're playing Daniel Whitehall. I don't know if you know him from the world. He's also the Kraken. And can you do a German accent? The, jo- the job starts in one day. And so, as all actors do, I said, can I do a German accent? Of course I can do a German accent. And I, 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 I huddled in my little, at my desk, and I, I sort of figured out, okay, you know, there's Doesn't not that go a- back to your improv, though? Like, yes. you never say no? Well, you never say no, but also, I mean, you know you can do it, and it sounds exciting. And of course I, you I, can, I, right, yeah. Of course you can. And uh, so I, I sort of tried to figure out, okay, where is he from? And I immediately went on, now that we have this magical computer box in front of us, and I went on, and I, I started looking at different accents and different actors who had done them, and I said, oh, I don't think these are right. I don't want to do an actor's accent. Um, and then I figured, oh, well, he's probably, he's of a certain class and he's probably from a certain region. So there's a great database. And I found a guy, I found a voice from there and I was on my way driving. I was in the car in the back of a town car on my way to Comic-Con in San Diego to promote Wayward Pines and listening to the tapes of a person from where I thought this character should be from in Germany doing their German accent. And then, um, luckily they provided me someone saying my lines in German accent. 
And a day later, I was on set doing it. Um, and, uh, and, and it was so exciting. I mean, I mean, I, I've, I, I've mentioned this before, but, um, I mean, we obviously hold a, a deep reverence for this world and for these characters. And I knew the, I knew the augustness of this, um, opportunity and. Oh, okay. Like I, I got to jump in cause it's, yeah. I, you're, you're right where I want to be. And I want I want to mm-hmm. get there. I, I do like yeah. to get the a little bit of the background on, Let's do it. Yeah, good, yeah. on the person, yeah. the show. Okay. But you, you oh, no, sorry. You, no, you were ready. No, no, no. You were ready to so jump on this one question that I, okay. I want to pounce on. And you were right at All that right. moment. I'd want to save that because I look, just, I want to kind of get a little bit of background coming into this. Cause you Please. mentioned, yeah. um, yeah. the, the building blocks like as a mm-hmm. kid. Okay. So you love the, <laughs> we got that. You got mm-hmm. the cred. Um, dad was, uh, working at WWR. Right. He Just WR back then. WR back yeah. then. Yeah. yeah. On the Joe Franklin show. Right. Which I loved as a kid. Yeah. I love Joe Franklin because that's when talk shows were talk shows. Was that the spark of, of TV performance? Like, was that the spark, the genesis of this? It wasn't. It, okay. I think, it, it, but, but it wasn't the spark but what I always say is that I didn't have, I didn't grow up in a house where anyone was going to say choosing acting as a, uh, as a profession is a stupid idea or a crazy idea or an outlandish idea. So I grew up in that world. I think I grew up in New York in the seventies and the early eighties and went, went to the theater and I was exposed to all that, those great movies of that time. And I just, I knew from an early age, it's interesting. I wrote, and I, I don't know if it's interesting. I, that's a, that's a verbal tick. It's not that interesting, but I, uh, I, I remember I was at PS 84 in third grade and they had you write your biography and there was not much to write when you're eight years old. And so I wrote an, an additional chapter, chapter four called the future. And, and, and I, I still have this biography and I wrote in the future, I will have a van because vans were very hip in the seventies. And I, I'd drawn a picture of, of the thumbs up and I go, a, the Fonz, which you'll get the Fonz reference. And then I turn the page and I'd drawn a picture of myself on a stage with floodlights in sort of some sort of Elizabethan garb. And I, and I said, and I will be an actor. And so I always knew, I always knew. But what, but what was like, did you see something on TV or in a movie or in a film that went, that you went that, okay, that, that's a thing. And I can do that thing. Was was, do you remember anything that just jumped out at you that that you went, Oh, I got to do that. I think it's a mixture of things. I think all of those things. I remember, I, I remember seeing Shakespeare in the park and I remember seeing, I remember my first, Broadway play and just wanting to be up there. And I, I grew up in a household too, where I was exposed to tons of musical theater. And, and I, so I, I, I would just sit and listen to those looking at the, at the covers of the albums and listen to the albums, listen to funny girl and listen to every, every Stephen Sondheim musical. And I remember, I got to remember the, when I went to see the first cast of Sweeney Todd and, and I, 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 it was such a rich time to be, um, a young person and go to the theater. I saw so many incredible life-changing experiences and I all in the theater and, and in the movies too. I mean, you're watching Scorsese movies, which I shouldn't have been watching. And Woody, <laughs> mom and, and dad Woody, know about these or not? No, they, 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 they're like I say, these, this was the me generation. They just okay. didn't care. Like okay. I remember, I remember them taking me to Saturday night fever and just yeah. covering my eyes during the gang rape scene. Uh, but we were there. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. um, um, this was before but, the PG version came out. <laughs> I never, I don't even know about that version. Yeah, it was but, the fall. Yeah, it was the following year it came out. They did a PG. They did an edited PG version. God bless you, Joe, for knowing that. So, but apparently, I, mom and dad I, didn't care. <laughs> they didn't care. They just they were like, "We're going to the movies. You're coming." But um, uh, no, no, I did. I, it was the same thing. My sister would take me to to movies. Uh, she took me to Blackula. I remember mm-hmm. one time oh, and just yeah. covered my eyes. Yeah, that's what yeah, it yeah, was like. I'm not bad. Ba- look, I'm gonna babysit you. I'm gonna babysit you in the theater. No one was worried about preserving her innocence, but. <laughs> I, I, so it was a multitude of things that drew me to it. And I think also at the same time, uh, I wanted to be so many things that I thought, well, I can just play all of them if I become an actor. And it, mm. and I think, I think, I mean, I, 
I don't spend too much time sort of examining my motivations, but I, I think you just know what you're built to do. And uh, it's, it's, it's always just filled me up and it's been exciting to pretend and be other people. And I also think too, you know, we've alluded to life in New York City in the 70s and 80s and it wasn't, there was part of me that wanted to be someone else and wanted to be a superhero. I remember I lived in this, um, at the time, my neighborhood was quite dangerous and I got mugged all the time. And I had a six block walk to my public school and, and it was harrowing at times. And I remember inventing my first superhero because I wanted to draw comics. And I remember drawing my own comics and I created this character because um, I had access to a thesaurus. And, and I, I created this character called Robust Boy. Because I'd looked for, uh, you know, synonyms for strong and I found robust and robust boy. And I'd come up with his powers. He had he uh, if you remember that Stretch Armstrong doll, Uh that Stretch Armstrong doll was soft if you pulled him. But if you punched him, he was super hard. And I was it. He was his, you know, I had fallen in. I had some sort of metal had infused my body. And so if you just touched me softly, I was I was soft. But if you brought any force towards me, I was incredibly hard. And so I created this character, robust boy. And then I started to fantasize that I was robust boy. And I put, I, I remember going, um, I remember telling one, my next door neighbor, um, uh, that I was actually a superhero. And at night I dressed up as a superhero and fought crime because that was my fantasy because it was a scary, unsafe time. And I wanted to feel safe and I wanted to make the world safe for other people. And I remember he goes, no, really? I go, yeah, I'll put my costume on. And I put on my, my sweatsuit, my green, I remember this. I vividly, I put on my green sweatsuit and my red rain boots and a cape. Oh, and uh, you went and next level. I went next level. Yeah. And then I went over to his house and they all laughed at me. They laughed. But that's also that's a good crucible for being an actor because. Well, that's wh- exactly my thought was that isn't that isn't that somebody who's destined to become an actor? I think like, so. what, there's nothing else you could have done. There's nothing else I could have done. And also, you know, the first thing that one of the first things that really attracted me to to acting was uh, that you could be foolish and be lauded for it. And that that appealed to me because I've played a lot of characters who are cool and confident and smart and together and strong and tough and all of these different qualities that aren't really me. Um, and that's why sometimes they're fun to play. That's why bad guys are really fun to play because they have a social contract that I would never adopt. And it's really fun to go into that world. So yeah, I think they're all, they're all tied together. Oh, that's, uh, that's amazing. Yeah. You were destined for it. Uh, I got to ask you about some of these roles before mm-hmm. we, before we jump back mm-hmm. into agents of shield. Yeah. Um, okay. Spoiler alert for okay. ever anybody that's listening to this right now that, that is a, designated survivor fan um spoiler alert we're gonna tell okay they've had plenty of warning right yeah they've had tons of warning okay fair warning fair warning so if you if you don't want to if you're not caught up push pause go catch up and then come back um okay that's plenty of warning not unlike my (laughs) guest last week rick cosnett who i said to him you die spectacularly on our television screens yes you have a me you have a way of doing this uh are like are you cool with it? Do you like those, or do are you like do you like the characters that just kind of like because you got your character in Homicide? He he made it to the end, right? Joe, I die all the time. Right? Okay, I, did I, your I, your character didn't die in Homicide though? Did he? No, no, he no, lived because that's the guy you think would die of all these characters. No, and it's so funny because <laughs> it, it I I once made a uh, I I made a cartoon that I posted it on Twitter of. Uh, of a gravestone with all the names of all the characters that I'd played who'd passed away. <laughs> and, and the problem is if you play bad guys, you're going to die. Right. Yeah, and so bad guys are fun. They die. But I remember on, when I started oh. designated survivor and, and it was, a, it's a joke in my house because my daughter, my daughter's getting into the family business and she's been playing bad guys. She just played scar and in, in a musical version of lion King that oh, they were doing wow. here where okay. we live. Yeah, and she, gonna, yeah, she, she goes, I'm like, dad, I love to play the bad guys. But I said, Hey, you know, the problem with the bad guys is the bad guys are guaranteed to die. <laughs> and too. it's, it's, it's great. It's great. Creatively, not yeah. so good for your bank account. And, um, so when we, or if you want to work with Michael J. Fox, if you want to work with Mike, exactly. So, um, (laughs) so when we're doing, uh, designated survivor, when I first start on the show, I assume that 
because I don't know. Oh, you've talked to a billion actors, so you know. Oftentimes, they don't know, and definitely they don't tell you what right. sort of what's going to happen with your yeah, character. Especially on they, these shows that just continue episode to episode. And they don't have an idea half the time. But I remember right. going to the creator of Designated Survivor, and I go, hey, um, am I a good guy or a bad guy? And I go, I'm not going to tell you. know, You don't tell me any state secrets, but can you just – are you a good guy or a bad guy? And he gave me a little koan, and he said, well, um, my thoughts, if you seem like a bad guy, then you're probably a good guy. And I go, great, good guy. And then I finally became a good guy, and I go, great, good guy, job security, job security. No. And uh, – no, because also sometimes then they were like, well, everyone likes you so much. It'll be really shocking if you die. Mm -hmm. So I also play those characters on Bones or a couple of the shows where I wasn't play the guy. It like, you... was, wasn't it like one of the series you did, like the very first episode? Like they, yes. they, they like was... you were the, the main cast member mm -hmm. and it they the killed you off in the first episode. For The Shield, not Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but The Shield. The yeah, Shield, which, right, right. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So they go, hey, you, you're, you, that was the beginning of that whole thing where you're going to kill somebody who thinks going to live. Uh, and now that's de rigueur, right? That's the Game yeah. of Thrones, no one's safe. Right. Now, that's like you say, it's, it's, <laughs> it's spectacular on screen, but, yes. uh, but certainly memorable. Okay, so we're getting into comic books now. Okay. But before we get to Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., mm -hmm. uh, some mm -hmm. of our listeners may or may not know that was not your first venture into the Marvel Universe. Am I correct in that? Oh, are you? Oh, you went on the IMD. Okay, so this is a very. So, are you talking about Incredible Hulk? Okay, well, no. So let's do, do that. No, no, <laughs> no, that, no, no. Is that because that, no, that's the different guy, right? That's a different guy. Yeah, what yeah, were yeah. you? What were you going to go into? I think you. I think you did an Oscar Wilde play. In oh, the Marvel yes. Universe, did you or did you not? Oh, yes. You're very good. In the in Was that the second Spider-Man Spider-Man 2. Here's the thing. Yes. I Look, I full disclosure, I did have to do a little digging because I'm looking at this going, Algernon, why? Yeah. I do not remember the character uh, of Algernon in Spider-Man 2. And then I realized, uh, you're the dude on stage with Mary Jane Watson in the play. Yes. When yes. Peter, like, he couldn't go and then he could go. And so, okay. Just yes. before we get to Marvel's Agents of Show, which we are going to get to, I like. How did you get involved in the world of Spider Man and Sam Raimi and oh, Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst yeah. and all that good that's stuff? That's a that's a funny that's a funny actor's journey story. <laughs> so it was it was a low point in my representation. I'm history. so sorry to and bring. It up. I'm so no, sorry. No, no, no. It's good. These are because I've I've definitely transcended that, and okay. we can. These anecdotes are funny. I've all had right. a long and and continuing career. <laughs> yes, yes. So I was at. I get, I'm off of homicide. I've switched agents. This agent really sucks. <laughs> and she goes, I have an audition for you for Spider-Man. And well, I want to be in Spider-Man. And, yeah. and that was sort of the beginning of the, the resurgence of the movies. And, and, uh, and I went in and it was to, yeah, exactly. To do a scene from the importance of being earnest. Mm -hmm. And so I did it. And I remember I'm driving across the country with my wife. We're on our way to another location for another show or something. And they call and they go, okay, they need you in New York right now. I'm like, I'm not going. And they go, well, so I, these, these are, these are sundry. But anyway, so I get this, I get this, I get the part to play. Yeah. To do the play within the play in Spider-Man. Um, yes, it was lovely. It was Sam Raimi could not have been more charming and more lovely and sweeter. Um, but it wasn't, it was an inauspicious entree into the Marvel world, albeit the Sony Marvel world, which yes. is you know, a slightly different one. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, yeah, I, I, it's it. It's on. It's on. It's on my IMDb. It it's, is on it's, it's on the resume. It's on the resume. It's on the credit. But it was like, who knows? Maybe we'll see you squaring off against Spider Man again. Yes, exactly. May, who knows? I, who look, I, who knows? knows? The Marvel Universe. Nobody's who ever dead, right? Knows. Nobody's yes. ever no, dead. No. Well, that was the thing, you know, on, on Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D., I was very, I mean, we'll get there again, but uh, before we get, I, I remember when I had to shoot my scene where I got killed, and I was a little bummed, because I was just sort of, I felt like I was sitting my stride, and I was all over, and I remember the uh, camera operator turned to me, and goes, you'll be back, and... Uh <laughs> Uh, and uh, and I and I've been back twice since I've died, which has been delightful. Even the cast knows at that point. We know like nobody dies in the Marvel universe. Let's get to it. You got you got me there. Marvel's Agents of Shield. Werner Reinhardt, aka Daniel Whitehall. Um, I I love the fact that you that you introduce yourself as the Kraken. <laughs> <laughs> can can we jump like twenty questions ahead? Is Hell this, yeah! Like, do man, we know, do we do need it. to know like? Is this a thing? Because the character on the show is not the character in the comics. 
But it could be. I mean, it could be. I mean, you know, it was a funny thing because we started talking about learning the accent. And I remember Jed was saying to me on the phone when they said, you have the part and you have to learn an accent in a day. Sorry, it's my it's my manager calling again. Um, uh, I'm sorry. But, uh, I caused you a job. I'm, I'm so sorry. Up. No, no, Joe, you're getting me more jobs. Because they only go. You, one thing you need to know about this town is if you don't answer the phone, man, more stuff happens. People's he's, brains he's not melt. Phone. He's not picking up his phone. What's going he's on? Man? He thinks he's too big. He's too big. We got to get him now before he's too hot. I love it. No, so I remember Jed said um, <laughs> in the comic um, that you're, the Kraken is British. Right. And we were thinking you could do a British accent or a German accent, but I think we want you to do a German accent. And hmm. I wasn't familiar with Whitehall and the Kraken at the time. So um, I immediately acquiesced. Um, in retrospect, I probably, and, and this is just thoughts down the road, I probably would have done it differently because I thought, you know, if his name, I, I thought, because I remember in the first scene where I'm still in my Hydra SS gear, they call me Dr. Whitehall as opposed to Dr. Reinhardt or whatever. And I thought, oh, it would have been interesting if you had a British guy working for the Nazis and Hydra. Um, but the nature of TV and this is my origin story for this character. The nature of TV is it's so quick. Most of my jobs, they call me and they go, can you be in New Orleans tomorrow? And wow. you're trying to create a character. And that, I remember this was the most harrowing because I take this very seriously and I love this world and I've always wanted to play a Marvel villain. Um, it was it was nerve wracking in the beginning to create a character while they're filming. Um, because that first, the first scene we shot was where we present the obelisk and all of the, the soldiers have been, you know, turned into stone and, uh, dum dum and, and oh. agent Carter come and arrest me. Right. By the way, and I know, I, like, as we say this, I yeah. have to let you know, this is, it's definitely my top five agents of shield moment. It, I mean, it might be like top two or three. It's, mm -hmm. it's insane. It's insane yeah. because this is so, this is almost a direct sequel to the first Captain America movie. Exactly. And I benefit, you know, and that, and that was the other thing too, because I benefited from the world changing because the second season of Invasion Shield yes. was very different because it came after Civil, I mean, not after Civil War, it kept after Winter Avenger. Soldier. Sorry. Yeah. And, and, uh, exactly. So, uh, but I, it was nerve wracking to have to create the character on screen because I, mm. I, and so I, I, and it was so quick. So the, I had to shoot the first scenes right away. And so I think in retrospect, I probably would have fought and said, not fought. I, I don't mean that way. I mean, I, I would have, uh, I would have um, lobbied. A little deeper. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, to, yeah. To make him British, but there was no time. Right. right. And, and that's only in retrospect. Cause also the idea of doing a German accent is very exciting and it's good for a villain. And, <laughs> and, and as I told you before, Red Skull was my, probably my favorite yeah. um, Marvel character at the time. And um, so you had seen the movie, like you had seen Captain America first Avenger. I had seen everything. Yeah, okay. All um, right, all right. But then what, what happened was because it was so quick, as I said, I had to go shoot stuff. And then I had like a week off before I had to shoot whatever my next scenes were. And I, I call this, I went to a uh, super villain boot camp. <laughs> and what does that mean? So I, I really, I put, I, I watched all the movies I really, because I I understood that I had to figure out who this guy was, what kind of villain was he, where did he fit in in the villains, because, so we talk about Red Skull, uh, the way Hugo Weaving played him, he was very, he was a villain, right? He was arch and he had an accent and he yelled and he did all these things and I was like, well, he can't be that, he can't be that guy and he can't be Loki, he can't be mischievous sort of foppish um, evil, I have to find a place for him. And also, I have to find a place for him that will fit on a television screen. Because you can get away with bigger stuff in the movies that you're not going to get away, you're going to look ridiculous, um, shot in HD on a television. So I thought, okay, how can I, how can I, how can I pitch this guy? Literally, where does he fit in the sort of spectrum in the, in, in the meter? And so um, and it's interesting too. I, I, I always say, um, right before Joss called me to do much ado about nothing, I turned to my wife and I said, I don't know why the hell I went to Juilliard because I'm never doing Shakespeare again. And, and then two weeks later, Joss sends an email. I'm doing much ado about nothing. Would you like to be in it? And I, and so my joke is I feel like the Whedon family has made it their personal mission to 
make me use my Juilliard training because I've used I've used it more in, in stuff that they've done. So I had to use it for much to do about nothing, obviously. But then for this character, I realized, oh, all those things that I learned low those many years ago at Juilliard, I had to create I had to come up with a voice. I had to come up with a body and I had to come up with a I had to do physical stuff to really figure out who he was. So I remember what I sort of latched on to. Because there was the compliance will be rewarded and all those things, I realized he's controlled. So his his inner monologue is that at all times he's in control, and that's what he, that's what he lives for. That's what he desires to be to be to be the head of Hydra, obviously. But at all times that he can control his own motions, that he can control everyone around him, and that's good because that fits within a TV. But it still took time. I I, I spent. Like I, I worked harder on this part than I've worked on any part in the last wow. 20 years. Wow. And but I like that because I, I say there's two kinds of parts as an actor. This is my personal philosophy. There's parts where you go, I hope I can make it good, which is a lot of stuff that you often do on TV. And then there's the other one that you dream of where you go, I hope I'm good enough. Mm-hmm. And this was I one of those. I hope I'm good enough. And so I really because the universe I, was so big. Well, the universe is so big, but also you want to. You want to honor it and you also want to honor this piece and you want to make something out of it. And so it's been nice to come back because as I sort of alluded to earlier, it took me a while and I would, it was one of those where I'd go home and I go, I'm close, but there's more I want to work on. And I'd work on how he held his body and everything. And, and right when I felt I got it, I got that phone call and they go, hey, it's Marissa, it's Chad. Hey, Reed, we love everything you're doing, but we just want to let you know in the next script you die. And, <laughs> oh, and I was like, and, and of course, I, 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 I faked it. And I said, oh, of course, I totally understand. But I was yeah. devastated, yeah. right? Because I was just, I was hoping there would be more time because I, I go, now, now I've, I think I know who he is and I can't wait to do more of it. And then we'd, and we'd really, you know, I'd had some great, we'd had some great scenes and, and great directors. And I mean, it, it was so fun, but it was starting great to get lines, really, but I mean, even great, great lines, lines, like uh, the line yeah. discovery requires experimentation. Exactly. Discovery requires experimentation. I mean, it's oh. such a, yeah, it's a good, and as an actor, so, you have to see something like that and go, I can tear into that. Oh yeah. And it was fun. And they were beautiful scenes when you're torturing, um, oh. and the agent with the, with the horrible clockwork orange you know, yeah. pins and, and you're so, horrible. Her, you're uh, so evil. Oh, and that's fun. It's so much fun. So, um, uh, every time they call to come back, I'm so excited. And this year I was really, really excited to come back and, and, and do it again because the scenes were really good and they were really, they were really sick and gross, but also something we hadn't seen before and uh well, there's so many layers i mean this guy's like an onion i mean it's just yeah. like this is layers you peel off well look you drove me right into one earlier and i i, I broke you off but we're gonna get back to it now peggy carter mm-hmm. uh, the great Haley atwell dum dum dugan neil mcdonald you i mean this is literally coming right out of captain america first avenger yeah. it's pretty cool. much a direct sequel to it you got the importance of it but can you just take us into that scene where you shot it um, okay. Yes, I can. I can take going you right into, into that, this. and then like, were you supposed to be on Agent Carter? The show is like, was that? The... Well, well, here's the deal. So take okay, us into so that, that world because before you die, I want to know how you lived. <laughs> so, dude, so this was my, this was, I shot a, sl- a small scene. So I shot, I shot a small scene on Friday, on a Friday, which was the scene with me and Simon. Um, Bakshi, where it's just the end of that first episode where I turn around and reveal that I'm still the same age, but I have an American accent. And it's modern day and you've got the same glasses and you're like close up on the glasses, which is brilliant. Precisely. So then I, and literally I left from the set, got into the town car, drove to Comic-Con, learned my accent. And then on Monday I came back to do the Nazi scene, right? So two days later, come back to do the, you know, them breaking into the fortress and getting the obelisk and Dum Dum and, and Agent Carter. And, um, so, so first of all, <laughs> just a side note, um, surprisingly, this was my first SS uniform that I'd ever put on. Um, because with my coloring, I thought maybe I would have played that character before, but (laughs) for, for, for many of my shows, I always wear a Hugo Bosch suit when I play a lawyer or whatever, because Hugo, I I slip right into a Hugo Boss suit. Well, I slipped right into that SS uniform, but of course we know who designed it. It was Hugo Boss. 
design them for the Nazi party based on the Massachusetts state trooper uniform. But so, but that uniform has a lot of bits and pieces, but it's made of wool. And so the one thing that I do remember about that first day, besides all of the little uh, beautiful uh, Marvel verse uh, idiosyncrasies and things that went on is um, it was 100 degrees, three digit 100 degrees. We're shooting somewhere down, I guess, like near Palos Verdes, right at the very end of Los Angeles on the coast at some old, I guess they had, they must have had some old bunkers there. And I okay, said so that's not a set. That's a location. Yeah, they had they, they were coastal bunkers, right? That they've been put in there for the Second World War. Looks so, good. so we're shooting it and it is unbelievably hot. <laughs> and it's my first day with the accent and the, and everyone. I mean, it's, it's also there. It's the first it's basically, you know, the first week back to shooting the show of the second season. So everyone who's important is behind the monitor watching everything you do. Yeah. And this is why this is what this is how I differentiate professional acting from everyone who thinks you can act. The difference between a professional actor and because I think most people can act. But I think the difference between a professional actor is when everything is going against you, when it's 100 degrees, everyone is judging everything you do. And you are feeling very, very, very much under the microscope that you can actually still perform. <laughs> and, and I, and I go, cause I, 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 I would do a take and I would go, I think that's, you know, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm tr still trying to find the guy, but it was very exciting for me to have all those guys, certainly dumb, dumb, you know, I'm a Sergeant Fury fan. Right. Yeah, yeah. And Neil and I are old friends. It was great to see Neil and, you know, Agent Carter and she, Haley, she couldn't have been more lovely. And then luckily we got to do other scenes later. Um, but I, I remember a surprising amount of that day for being so, I don't think terrified is the right word, but um, as an actor, I always call it, you have a thousand first days of school. And this was definitely a first day of school and then the pressure was on and and I was just, I, I, part of my character too is I don't want to let anyone down. I certainly, you know, I have a great a love for Jed and Marissa too and Joss. And so I wanted to make them all proud, but it, so it was exciting to be part of it. Um, it was funny too, because they made me redo, they made me loop, you know, where you redo the dialogue mm -hmm. for that whole scene because they felt the German accent was too thick. And the original one that I did, cause I, um, and I remember we had a German woman, the dialect coach on the set. She's like, Oh, it's great. What you have done is so good. Yes. And I was like, it's exactly right. And, um, and it was funny. And, and I went and I, they brought me into the, into the ADR room, into the booth and they go, look, you need to do this again. Cause it's too thick. ABC wants you to like dial it down. So it's more understandable. Okay. And, well, and like you said, in the, in the films, you can probably get away with that. If that had been a feature, maybe, you know, TV got and, dialed back a little bit. You got to dial it back a little bit, except what I did is I just went in the booth and I did it exactly the same. And I'm like, that's perfect. Um, <laughs> you know, which is always the thing. It, they go, that's perfect. You know, you just, it's funny what people perceive. I remember I was doing a TV show and they go, you know, my hair just started to get a little gray on the edges, which I love because it, was, it sort of changed my career. And I remember the producer was a good friend of mine. He goes, you know what? Um, t we, we want you to take the gray out. So we just, when you go on the trailer today, will you just have them cover it? And I said, absolutely, absolutely. And I said to the hairstylist, I go, just, um, we're not going to cover the gray, but we just, when they ask, say, yes, I covered it. And, um, and he, I come, I come out and he's like, did you cover the hair? I go, I did. He's like, it looks great. Oh, I go, wow. fantastic. You know, but that's, that's the nature. They of just want to know that you did. You know, sometimes you have to, but, but, um, so it was an exciting day to be part of it. It was a terrifying day. I don't think I really, I remember feeling confident on the day that we did that, ter you know, the torture scene where, you know, compliance will be rewarded. Discovery requires experimentation where I'm turning the agent and she's yeah. she's coming along. And I but, you know, but it was also I remember I knew that director. He and I he are old friends. We worked together a million times. So I knew that if I sucked or was too over because my, my fear because you're trying, as I say, trying to pitch it because you want to be you're in a heightened reality and, you know, in the Marvel verse. And I want to serve that. And you want to be. A, a super villain, but also you want to be as real as possible because I think that's very compelling. And that's also my, that's my instinct. And that's my forte as an actor is making characters believable and real. Um, um, but it, it's, it's so great to have come back because as opposed to other roles, I still think about it all the time. And I still think, Oh gosh, if I get another chance, here's what I'd like to do. And, um, hence me thinking, oh gosh, if I had it all to do over again, the only thing I would have changed is I would have made him to your question more like the Kraken and made him British and thought about all that. But, um, 
Well, that's the brilliant part of the Marvel yeah. universe is that you get we get these flashbacks and we get the you know flash forwards yeah. and all these different things. Yeah. And so, and with your character, for those who haven't seen it yet, because of the experimentation, he's able to remain youthful mm-hmm. forever. Um, but was there a time? Was there a thought at the time that you were going to be on the the Agent Carter show? There was a thought in my mind that I would be on the Agent Carter okay, show. Okay, but that wasn't and, discussed with Jed. No, it okay, wasn't. Okay. I don't think they were, you know, they're separate teams. And, uh, but that was definitely my hope um, okay. that I would be on that show. I knew once she locked me away and she said, you're going to be in a cell and no one will ever see you again. But I thought, oh, I guess, I guess that's past. But that was definitely my hope because I had friends on that show and I yeah. definitely want, and I was a big fan. And also staying in that world, staying in the 40s is a great, that, that, yeah. that's a, that's a dream come true as well. But no. It didn't happen. Not yet. It hasn't happened. But well, and um, hopefully, we'll you know maybe we'll look. Maybe there will be a return of Agent Carter. Maybe some of these things. But that, again, yeah. that's the coolest thing about this character is that you come back. You referenced the uh, the season three return in Paradise Lost. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. According to your character, nothing stays buried forever. We know <laughs> that applies right. to your character right. as well. Exactly. Um, yeah. Did you so? Okay, so coming back then, so that was sort of a surprise, right? In season three. There was a total, it was, it was a mitzvah. It was one of those things where suddenly I'm working on, I can't remember what I was working on another show and they go, Hey, will you come? We would like to have her back. And I was absolutely. And it's exciting because yeah. first of all, um, beyond my love for the character, it's, that's a great, uh, group of people, really amazing group of people. I love everyone there. And, and it's amazing. I just, I went back this year again and all the crew is the same and, and the cast is the same. It's really a beautiful family. And that's something that's a that's a Whedon gift um, yeah. to to keep, you know, make sure that the right people are there from the get go. And it's a lovely place to be. So it's a fun set to always come back to. And this one was really fun this time because it was just an interesting another iteration of this character in a school with, you know, the, the future of Hydra. Um, you know, under his tutelage. Well, that's the thing. What were your thoughts when you saw, like, because it, you've seen all these things, they brought back Wolfgang mm-hmm. von Strucker. I mean, you right. know, like a younger yeah. version of the yeah. character, Jasper Sitwell. We thought mm-hmm. we'd seen the last mm-hmm. of Jasper. We get to see right. young Jasper right. Sitwell. Right. What were your, like, as a comic book nerd, <laughs> what was your, th- what were your thoughts on uh, just like, they're dropping these little things yeah. in all over the place. Well, and, and that means like you could come back at any time. Yeah, I hope so. Um, and no, absolutely. I mean, I'm a Von Strucker. You know, it's like that's amazing. And and he's so he was so iconic for me. And then and so it's it's really fun and it's fun to put those glasses on and be <laughs> that guy again. And then think about and also the scripts are really good and they're layered and they're interesting and they have um, obviously they're written by people who are so well-versed in the universe and and then they also have that 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 just sort of that great sardonic humor and they're just it was a joy i remember i was finishing up designated survivor and i'm just looking at my scenes for agents of shield and i just couldn't wait to get to set and play them because they're just they're i mean that's the thing a bad guy and a super villain is uh that's an actor dream come true what was it like sharing the screen with kyle mclaughlin because i know he seems like he's working on a different level. He's he's amazing, and he he's that was those were actually really great scenes, and he's so generous because um, he he kept um, coming up with great bits where he would make himself more vulnerable. So he goes, just look at me and I'll be afraid of you. And I thought that's great because many actors won't do that. You know, oftentimes you'll get there and they'll be, you'll be combating instead of serving the scene, you might be combating the other actor's ego where they don't want to give you status because the only way you can have status on screen or on the stage is if the other actors give you status. You can only be, you can only be terrifying if other people are afraid of you. That's how it works. And he layered all of that in. So he understood that I would be above him and then he would come he was delighted. And obviously I'm a huge fan of his. And, um, but every day on that set was always fun. All the actors are there to play and, you know, game to go. And, um, and many of them I've known for years and some I just met. I mean, the younger kids are amazing and so sweet and so talented. So that was a, that was a really fun place to be. Can you give us some insight into, cause I know when this all started and hmm. this is the scene where you appeared season two yes. beginning, uh, it's connected to Captain America, the Marvel movie right. universe. And then right. for a while, we know the politics came in and like Perlmutter and Kevin mm-hmm. Feige and all this crazy stuff went on. And the, the TV movie universes were separate and they're not connected at all. Now it seems like they are again. Now it seems like, so did, have they explained any of this to you? Like, could you pop up in a Marvel movie and like, 
<laughs> you know, you menace know, the Avengers or something? Like, is that I mean, possible? I'm, or like, do you understand any of that? Or is, yeah, that, I mean, is that above your pay grade? It's so, Joe, it's so above my pay grade. I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, in my bed at night, I hold out fantasies. I go, hey, you know, maybe I could appear. Um, but, and, and you have that moment where you go, Did I, I, I think I, I guess I blew it, right? I can't be in any of the other Marvel shows. Um, so, you know, all that's left for me is DC, which is great. So the DC is still there. Um, uh, yeah, because I, I always wonder, can, can I be on the Netflix Marvel shows? But not really. Probably not. Right. Um, that's, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to pop up in one of the movies, Joe. And, okay. and if you, yeah, talk to anybody. I'd look, I didn't know if, yeah. if you had any inside information yeah. on it. What don't we know about wine? Uh, what don't we know about Whitehall slash Reinhardt? Um, besides the women's underwear. <laughs> Cause you know, there has to be women's underwear. You know, oh, look, I'm just going to watch these three. episodes in a whole different way now. Cause you know, they're like, I mean, that's the thing. You, anyone who's that controlled. You just want and, like Mel Brooks. Oh, you, <laughs> the, know, it, you it, can just see. I, <laughs> I always pictured him underneath all those suits wearing like a very <laughs> satiny, like super satiny pink pair of ladies underwear. Oh, it has, no. you know, you know, because there's no one who can be into all that kink and be German. <laughs> Sorry, German listeners. Um, who, who, just alienated who, all the German listeners. Oh my God. We, have we alienated your German? I think you we did. I think, we, I think uh, there's probably a big German oh, contingency. Oh, yeah. For comic oh, book central. Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. Um, no, no, I love the Germans. I, I kid, I kid. I mean, I, I think kid. enough time has passed, but, um, you <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. you know, uh, you, you know that, you know, there's a little, look, I know what went on in Berlin. I, you know, I know what's going on. They still have, you know, there's some, there's some, there's some burlesque <laughs> shows there. And I use burlesque in the loosest of terms that are pretty wild and slightly scatological but no i'm no i'm going um i i I created a a deviant personal world for him um uh probably just for my own amusement and uh i but uh, i think that's all you need to know but my daughter refers to him still as the kraken um and she's 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 holding out hope she goes are you gonna come back as the kraken and i go i hope so and i know because be, I, I posted a I, not in post. I I put up a picture in the house as I was preparing him of the Kraken from the books in his in his full Kraken gear. And I thought oh, I could pull that off with the helmet. The helmet will cover up any physical defects I may have. That's fantastic. Discovery requires experimentation. I think Hell, you gave us a new. De- I think you gave us a new definition of that. Well, yeah, because <laughs> you have to like you might have to do a little experimentation in the bedroom. You know what I'm saying, Joe? Uh, I just I just <laughs> went in a whole different way. I can't watch these episodes sorry. again. I'm so sorry. What Come can on. we look forward to next? Look, you're dead on designated survivor. I'm sorry, spoiler alert, but for those I, that haven't seen it, but uh, what can we where can we see you in next? I have. Well, as as is befitting this entire conversation in the Marvelverse, I have some things I can't tell you about any of them right now. Yes. But they're going to be they're going to be really good, and um, I, I I think they're going to bring me to some other conventions. So yes, it's, it's, all, it's a all little good. nerdy, a little yes, comic nerdy, booky, sci-fi ish, scary. Um, oh, yes. not all Stranger it's, Things. I, I'm not I'm not saying I'm, I can right. you know it get yes it's it's. I don't, yeah. You're <laughs> you're on season three of Stranger it. Things. Somehow, right. somehow Whitehall right. is going to cross well, now over. That, now that you've said it, it's going to happen. Into the upside but, down. No. Those were the yeah. phone calls we were listening. They're like, pick up the phone. We need you on they Stranger are. Things. Oh man, I'm going to have some very upset representatives in a few minutes. But I no, am no, so sorry. No, I feel no, I things feel... are good. It's very busy, and uh, but it, um, wow, it's been Joe. It's it's such a. I could talk to you forever. It's a it's a pleasure. This is fun. You pleasure. are you're welcome anytime. Uh, uh, social you. media, Twitter. Instagram, Facebook, you're out there everywhere, right? I'm out there everywhere. Facebook, I'm not, you know, Facebook, hello, I'm about to delete that account. All actually. right, yeah, I know. It's getting crazy out there. Everybody, it's crazy out there. Everybody's I just got... did that thing. The New York Times had that article today, like, you can see who who has your information. I saw who yeah. has all my information. I'm like, really? You have my information? It's interesting. They had our information decades ago. I'm, I'm totally cool with it. I, just, I love the fact that Zuckerberg's out there, and these guys are going, what is the Facebook? Is this a... Uh, is this a book of things? You know, and it's just oh, like no, he's just the, the look on his face is like so patient with everybody. Well, as as they said, you know, as as I do believe, you know, Hail Hydra. And um, <laughs> as 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 they said in the movies, you can't handle your freedom. And apparently that's true.
Hydra's taking over. Is this what you're saying? That's right. Well, that's what Zola said. You oh, can't handle your freedom, and that's, that's it. Exactly you can't. Right. And oh, it's, I mean, it was so. I mean, that was the greatest thing going into just doing this last age. You know, when I first went on Age of Steel, that fact that Civil War came out and Civil War, not Civil War. I'm sorry. I keep saying that Winter Soldier. Yeah. Because when you see that, where you go, oh, oh, nah, now we've taken it to a whole nother level. Yeah. yeah. Hydra won. Oh, it's. I, yeah. I love Hydra. I love that it came back. I love that you came yeah. back. Um, and we know we're going to see you again. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Absolutely. is one of the best shows. We know you're going to see you somewhere. Love it. Um, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank, thank you, you for being part of the Marvel TV and hopefully movie universe. That'd be cool. Thanks, um, brother. It's been a pleasure. Hail Hydra. Hail Hydra. Man, I love that interview. <laughs> I really love that interview. Look, I typically do edit those things out when they do happen but uh, and for this one, i did tweak it uh, a little bit but honestly reed was just so funny during those phone calls uh i didn't want you listeners to miss out that was some pretty fun stuff uh, and look we referenced it all the way through the conversation so wouldn't have made sense if i'd taken it out so look he's not kidding when he's talking about rehoming his comic book collection if you check out his instagram page uh, and I'm going to put a link to all of his social media pages in the show notes so you can check out there. But he's got Black Panther issue number one. He's got Ms. Marvel issue number one. I, I'm assuming they're part of the big sale. I don't know how he's going to go about doing this. But, man, he's got some cool books that he's talking about selling. So you're going to want to check him out on social media. I, look, I don't know if we can buy them or if it's going to auction. I, you know, Who knows how that's going to happen. But uh, I'm sure he's going to put that up there on his social media pages. One of my favorite aspects of doing this show is during the interview is gauging like the comic book cred of the guests. Um, you know, sometimes it's high, sometimes it's low. I'd say on a scale of one to 10, you'd probably agree. Reed's I'd say he's an 11 on the comic book scale. How cool was it that he referred to the preps that he was doing for his shield character as his origin story that look, that's only a comic book guy is going to say that, right? Okay. He's a total comic book guy. hope we see him back in the world of comic books coming to life very soon. I did check back with him. Uh, this interview, all those phone calls, <laughs> He didn't answer. Apparently, that didn't take him away from his latest gig, so that's pretty cool. Something horror genre fans will be happy with, from what I'm told. Again, keep an eye on his social media pages. Follow him around social media. I'm sure we're going to get more details as he can make them available. Again, check out the show notes on my website, comicbookcentral.net, blogtalkradio.com, slash comicbookcentral. Links, all the links are there. Huge, hydra-sized thanks to Reed Diamond for stopping by today and geeking out with all of us. That was fun. While you're following Reed on social media, be sure to follow Comic Book Central there as well. Facebook.com slash Comic Book Central Network. Don't forget the network. Get the right one. Twitter at Comic Book CTRL. The links are on my website, so you can make sure you get them. There's also a link to subscribe to the show on iTunes. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do so you don't miss an episode. Trust me, you don't want to miss a moment of what is headed your way. Good stuff coming. Please share the lair on social media. Share the Facebook posts. Retweet them on Twitter. I always appreciate it when you do that. If you have a moment or two, leave a review in iTunes. If you're grooving on what I'm sending your way, if you're grooving on chats like we just had with Reed Diamond Man, send a review over there on iTunes. I really appreciate that. And drop me a line, the Signal Me tab on the website, or you can shoot me an email, joe at comicbookcentral.net. I want to hear from you. All right, kids, that is it for today. But like a Hydra agent, I'm never gone for long. In fact, I will be back in one short week because next week on Comic Book Central... You know how much we're celebrating super anniversaries right here on Comic Book Central. 80th anniversary for the character of Superman. 40th anniversary for Superman the movie. Well, next week you are going to be hearing from Kal-El himself. He hoisted a truck over his head in the first flick. He almost learned Superman's secret identity in Superman 3. And he showed up with the latest Man of Steel in Man of Steel. Toddler Kal-El, actor Aaron Smolinski. He's going to fly in to celebrate the 40th anniversary of Superman the movie with us. We want you here. The celebration's here. We want you here as well. Until then, keep on the lookout for those Hydra agents. Keep reading those comics. Don't sell them. And thanks for joining me here in the Lair. Comic Book Central, where comic books come to life. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of Comic Book Central. All other content and names are registered trademarks and copyrights of their respective holders. Worst episode ever. Rest assured that I was on the internet within minutes registering my disgust throughout the world. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.